afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Your, toll, your uh, phone numbers. That's how you call. That's how you get in if you want to join the program. We're going to have open phones the entire time. If you want to call in, whatever you want to talk about, I'm game. Email me too, talk at WDAY.com. You can always tweet me as well, at Rob Port. Show caught me by surprise with you. I was busy blogging during the commercials there. Oh, you got to pay attention. Snap, trying to uh, Trying to bang out uh, one more post before I went live. What uh, you blogging the, about? Well, the um, Obama administration, you know, they're on their way out of office. They got just, just days left. Mm-hmm. Sun's setting. And they just, uh, they just, you know, filed a notice of their intent to publish in the Federal Register. Now, the Federal Register is basically the journal, the diary of all the regulations that the federal government is is implementing. And what, what they they filed a notice of their intent to publish. They're pursuing an, what's called an environmental impact statement for the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, that is something, you know, the pipeline has already undergone years of review from the federal government, from state governments, uh, even from tribal governments other than Standing Rock. Remember the three affiliated tribes here in North Dakota approved the pipeline. I, I believe it was approved by other tribes in other states. I may be wrong on that. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you know, so, so it, it's already undergone years of review. And then, you know, they were on the verge of completing it. I mean, you remember the originally they were going to have it done by the end of last year. I mean, they expected to be pumping oil through it by now. Um, they thought they had any, everything on rails. Uh, then the, the protests happened. Then the Obama administration stepped in. And, and this is what they're doing. They're initiating a process of an environmental impacts uh, statement, which is a, a much lengthier process than the one that was already applied. It, it can take years to complete this and it's that's that's what i was writing about i just put the post up it's it's frustrating because when we think about regulation i i think we think of of regulation as being something that government does to ensure that things are are safe and done safely and responsibly right i mean that's that's why we have speed limits you know that's why we have you know, food inspections. I mean, there's all sorts of regulations out there. And although I'm a limited government guy, a lot of them make sense, right? I I don't think you're going to have a lot of people out there, you know, railing against the concept of speed limits. Now, we may have a debate about where those speed limits should be set, but I think we all agree regulating traffic is a good thing. Regulating food safety is generally a good thing. Maybe not every regulation is good, but those goals are generally good. So, and and I, I think people believe that, you know, obviously regulating pipelines and their construction is a good thing, right? I believe in that. I, I, I believe that we should regulate pipelines. I think we should regulate oil development, all aspects of the oil industry. And, and the, But those regulations are supposed to be about promoting safe and responsible, right? Right. Letting us drill for oil and transport it to market and, and refine it and use it for all sorts of different things responsibly. And what has happened is we are now using that process. Well, we're really perverting the process. I mean, I think that's what president Obama is doing here. He is perverting a process that was intended to be used for intended to be used to promote 
the construction of safe energy infrastructure, and instead we're using it to obstruct it. Right. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't know anybody who can look at this and say this is a move that's intended to promote safe construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. I mean, if if the Obama administration believed that this was necessary, then why didn't they do it years ago when this project first started? Right. I mean, why now on their way out of office? And it's hard to see this as anything but political. Right? I mean, President Obama's been the president for the last eight years. If he wanted an EIS on this project, he could have called for one at any time. Right? The Department of the Army reports to him. He's the commander of chief. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is in charge of the water crossing across Lake Oahe. They could have called for this at any time, and they're doing it now at the zero hour as the sun sets on the Obama administration because it's a political move. It's a way to set a landmine, to set the stage for more activism, more warfare, lawfare against the pipeline. And it's unfortunate, and, and this, this exact sort of shove-it-down-your-throat arrogance is why Trump won the election, at least a part of it. I, I think it is. I mean, this is... This is why Trump won, because of nonsense like this. Arm-twisting, big government, you know, no, no hint of collaboration, no hint of, of let's get together and work on this, just this is my agenda, and I'm going to force it down your throat. That's been the Obama years. Uh, and listen, we were a divided country when Obama came into office. There's no question about it. Politics have always been divisive. But the legacy of this president... I think, will be have to have divided this country more than, than just about perhaps it's ever been, you know, in, in modern times anyway. Obviously, you know, civil war and stuff like that. We were far more divided then. But in, in, in the modern era, I, I, I don't know of a political leader in this country who has been more to be divisive. And, and I, think, I think his political party has paid the toll for it. I mean, you look at, they, they've lost, what, some 1,000 legislative seats across the country? They've lost, what, a dozen governorships across the country? They've lost control of the Senate. They lost control of the House. All of that happened under Obama, and it all happened because of how divisive he is in implementing policy. And for nonsense like this, I if, if it was a Republican heading out of office right now, uh, pulling this sort of a stunt, the media would be apoplectic. But it's Obama, and it's the right sort of agenda, so I guess it's okay. 701-293-9000, Karen's got a phone call. What's up, Karen? Hi. Our December-January weather used to keep the white riffraff out, but the white trash is still there at the Dakota Pipeline. What? White? People. I don't know white trash. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that we have hundreds, probably, of white, out-of-state agitators who will not leave. Well, I uh, listen. Their race doesn't matter. It's it, it the, the the race is irrelevant. I, I I think that they are wrong because of the political stance that they're taking. Thanks for the call, Karen. Um, I don't I don't understand what what their race has to do with it. I don't care. Native American. You know, African American, Asian American, white, whatever you want to, they are. 
they're wrong based on their policies. They're wrong based on the facts. And, you know, it's it's just unfortunate what's happened. And, and I, I mean, this is something else I wanted to talk a little bit about. There's all these Democrats who say that they're not going to Trump's inauguration. I mean, could, could the left alienate themselves from the American public anymore? I, I, I realize Hillary Clinton won a majority of the election, right? She, she won the popular vote. Trump won the Electoral College. So, but I guess to me... This idea, I, I, I don't think that this reflects what Americans want from their political leaders. That they can't even go to the point, that they can't even just attend the inauguration. Just respect the office, right? To, to, you know, respect the fact that we are having a peaceful transition of power after a very turbulent election. They can't even respect that. I think it's terrible. What do you think? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. More to come right after this. Don't go away. Can buy me love, love, can buy me love. i buy you diamond ring, my friend, if that makes you feel all right. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Those are your call-in numbers. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, during the break, Kyle messaged me. He wanted to, uh, can you update us on the roadway bill people are freaking out over? My Facebook feed is filled up with people griping over North Dakota, making it okay to run over people. Haven't read the bill. Want to know what it is and your thoughts. Uh, the, the bill, it's it's been introduced by uh, State Representative Keith Kempenick. I actually wrote about it at SayAnythingBlog.com not that long ago. Um, it is a response to the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. I think uh, you all remember that the protesters, one of their common tactics was to uh, block highways, block roads, march up and down roads. They didn't bother to get permits. They didn't bother to... Um, you know, ask for permission. They didn't coordinate with law enforcement. They just went out and did it uh, because they are that that was their M.O. Was, was to obstruct other law abiding citizens and to create as much terror and fear and intimidation and, and anger as, as they possibly can. It's just hugely un- unfortunate that they did this. So what the legislation does is it says that that if you unintentionally run someone over, right? If, if somebody is blocking a highway illegally, meaning they're out just standing in the middle of the highway or blocking a road or something, and you accidentally hit them, you're not liable. That's it. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Now, it has been picked up, of course, by, you know, some in the, the you know, left-wing blogs and national media and stuff, and it's, it's that North Dakota is going to make it legal to just run over protesters, uh, which is not not an accurate reading of the bill. That's not what it does. You don't get to just run people over purposefully. Uh, if it happens accidentally, you don't have liability. Now, I don't I don't know how likely it is to pass. Um, obviously, it was created you know in a very unique situation. North Dakota doesn't typically have mass protests blocking highways. That's not a usual occurrence here. Um, and I I think there are some some concerns about you know whether or not in trying to, I, I think, address a reasonable situation, right? I mean, if, if somebody else is acting irresponsibly and standing in the middle of the highway 
and you come over a uh, uh, you know come over a hill and hit them, uh, you know it's I, I don't think that's your fault, right? I I don't think that you should be liable for something irresponsible that somebody else did. If 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 you're acting legally in every other way, you're not drunk, you're not driving excessively fast, you're not you know if you haven't done anything else negligently and you hit somebody, then I don't think it should be your fault. Um, now it's, it's easy, you know, for, for, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun to pretend like it's, it's a bill to just let people run over other people, but it's, it's not. Um, I, I do think there may be an issue though, in terms of, you know, the way that the way it's worded, and I don't know if the bill can be amended to maybe be better. I'm, I'm trying to think of what language might improve it, but my reading of it, it may go a little bit too far and it may remove liability. You know, it, it may be hard to, to ever prove you know, whether or not the person intended to run somebody else over. I mean, that, that may be the difficult thing. Um, so the motivation is not to give people, you know, sort of blanket immunity to run other people over. Um, the problem is that I, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, it's going to make it a lot more difficult to to identify liability in these cases, absent some, you know, very clear evidence such as inebriation or something like that. So, Anyway, that's the legislation. Of course, people are freaking out about it because it's been, you know, horribly mischaracterized. I actually spoke with uh, Kempenick about it last week, I think. Anyway, it's, it's, it's an understandable situation. I, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to be and nobody. Nobody wants to run over anybody. No sane person wants to run somebody else over. No sane layma, lawmaker wants to make that legal. I think it is valid to discuss whether or not there's something you can do if you have a group of protesters or somebody else who are behaving irresponsibly by blocking a highway and you accidentally run into them, you know, I, I think it's I think it's prudent to just explore whether or not there's some legal protections we could put in place there for the driver. That's all that bill is. 701-293-9000, Back to uh, these Democrats not wanting to show up to Trump's inauguration. You know, I, I think it's ridiculous. And here's... Here's why. It was interesting to me. Uh, Martin Luther King III visited Donald Trump recently. Uh, Ray Lewis visited Donald Trump. Uh, there's been a number of Steve Harvey, um, sort of notable African-American leaders or, or celebrities or figures who have visited Donald Trump. And a lot of them are getting sort of raked over the coals for it because how dare you go talk with, with Trump? Uh, and now we have, you know, dozens of, of Democratic lawmakers who are saying that they're not going to show up for Trump's inauguration. And I see that as, as just so much of so much of, of, of the problem. Right. I mean. Sitting down for a meeting with the president elect of the United States of America does not mean that you agree with him on everything or even anything. All it means is that you sat down with the guy to talk. And why wouldn't you want to talk about somebody who very soon is going to be in charge of vast swaths of American policy? Even if you don't like the guy, even if you think it was a travesty that the man was elected president of the United States, there remains the simple fact that he is going to be the president of the United States. Why would you not want to talk with him? At least start a dialogue. Maybe... You could change his mind on something. Maybe there's a way you can compromise. Maybe there's a way to find some common ground. This is what the left has been doing 
for years now. And the right does it to a lesser degree as well, but it, it happens mostly on the left. And what's happening on the left is that they believe the opposition is not just wrong, but evil. Right? And so from that perspective, you're not allowed to sit down with Donald Trump. From that perspective, you can't go to Trump's inauguration. Because he's evil. And that's unfortunate. And, and that path is a path we need to get off of. Um, and I, 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 th- I think the longer Democrats embrace it, the longer they're going to continue to get marginalized in American politics. 701-293-9000, More to come straight ahead. Email me too, talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, It's a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. So for the uh, for, for the fourth legislative session in a, low, in a row, uh, North Dakota is going to be considering legislation to eliminate or to make illegal uh, discrimination based on sexual orientation. Um, and, and and not just sexual orientation, by the way, either. The legislation defines uh, sexual orientation as, I quote, actual or perceived heterosexuality, bisexuality, homosexuality, or gender identity. Uh, and then gender identity is further defined uh, as meaning actual or perceived gender-related identity, appearance, or mannerisms, or other gender-related characteristics of an individual, regardless of the individual's designated gender at birth. Uh, so it's a little bit more than just sexual orientation. Um, it's also gender identity. And then I guess that's I, I, I guess that's the situation. Uh, it's, you know... I read through the bill. It looks pretty much exactly like what was introduced last legislative session, which was pretty much exactly like what was introduced in the legislation before that. The legislature before that. Uh, I have two. I have two questions about this latest iteration of this bill, because, like usual, I mean, it's it's going to draw the the same amount of folderol from the usual sources, uh, and you know. I, I, I don't know what we're expected to do with this sort of thing at this point. Uh, it's the same debate. It's probably whatever the outcome of it ultimately in the legislature is probably not going to have a lot of political ramifications in North Dakota. This obviously is not an issue that's a winning one at the ballot box for Democrats. Uh, I understand they keep pushing it because it's right. I'm just wondering if, if this tactic is is working. Because it doesn't seem to be convincing many North Dakotans. At least not a lot of North Dakotans seem to be casting their ballots based on this. But I have I have two questions to ask. Because I do think that there is some room in this Republican legislature, particularly one that has gotten a lot younger. Uh, I think that there is some room for some compromise if Democrats were willing to take some parts out of this bill and keep other parts. I think generally, I, I think, Democrats could probably get to a majority 
in both chambers of of the legislature if they kept it strictly to employment or like admissions discrimination right i mean or if we kept it strictly to the government or just like hiring um i think that they could get there the problem is is that this legislation also prohibits discriminatory practice for quote persons engaged in the provision of public accommodations and further uh persons engaged in provision of public services public services meaning businesses your private business if you provide services to the public you're not allowed to say no i i I think in america today i think most americans find it at the very least mean-spirited to force or or to you know for for a business to say well we're not going to hire homosexuals right I think most Americans probably find that pretty reprehensible. I find it reprehensible. I don't know why anybody would do that. I think it gets a lot tougher, though, when you drill down into issues such as we're we're Christians and we have a photography business and we don't want to work in a same-sex marriage, and now all of a sudden the state's going to come in and compel that and, and punish you if you don't agree. That, I think, is going to be the problem. And I, I, I think Democrats could make some progress on this. I think we could get to the point where for employment and things like that, you could probably have Republican support for putting that in the law. But will Democrats be willing to maybe take out, carve out some of these more, I, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, uh, so, some of these um, maybe more controversial elements for the sake of at least getting some of what they want. Now, in in the past, Democrats have not been willing to do this. They have not been willing to accept amendments to the bill. They wanted the whole bill passed. And to me, that suggests that generally the Democrats are more interested in the headlines that this creates for them than they are in, you know, actually advancing public policy. As unfortunate as that is. Because I, I do think that there is room between Republicans and Democrats. And by the way, this is a bipartisan bill. Uh, Republican uh, Tom Beadle is uh, is one of the uh, one of the sponsors of the bill. There will be some Republican votes for this. And I think there could be more Republican votes reaching up to the point where it could be a majority if Democrats were maybe willing to compromise and and at least pass the elements of the bill where Republicans and Democrats agree. The thing is, is I don't know that they're going to be willing to do that. I, I think they, they feel like they're served better by the entire bill failing because they could ten, turn that into a talking point and they'll get all sorts of fawning media coverage from credulous reporters who like this because this fits the right political narrative. And it gets a lot of social media shares and it gets people worked up. The other question is, how is Governor Burgum? going to respond to this by the way if you want to join in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com um how are how how is governor burgum going to respond to this now prior you know back during the 2015 legislative session burgum gave interviews he said publicly one was with uh, a newspaper i used to write for the high plains reader in fargo um where he he supported Senate Bill 2279, which is basically this same bill, but last session, uh, he supported it. When he ran for governor, I asked him 
about this legislation, you know, multiple times. And the answers he gave were a little muddled, you know, where he was, you know, all of a sudden was talking about religious liberty, didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about 2279. So, you know, before he ran for governor, he was outspokenly for it. When he was running for governor, he didn't want to talk about it all that much. Now he is governor. What's he going to do? Is he going to have an opinion? Is he going to urge the legislature to vote one way or another on this? Unfortunately, our our state constitution gives governors something that they can hide behind. The state constitution prohibits governors from threatening a veto in exchange for other legislative considerations. Now, some have interpreted that to mean that the governor can't threaten a veto at all. Uh, I think that's the wrong interpretation. I think the language of the state constitution allows the governor to say that he would veto a bill. He just can't say, I'll veto that bill if you don't pass this bill, right? He can't make it like an if-then situation. But he can't just say, I would veto a bill or I would sign a bill. He could say that. But a lot of times, governors have interpreted that very broadly because then they could say, well, it's not appropriate for me to speak out about this issue. It would be appropriate for Governor Burgum to speak out about this issue. And if he has strong feelings about this issue, I feel like he should speak out. He unfortunately didn't during his campaign to be governor, uh, and I, now that he is governor, this is an issue. It's before the legislature. It could it could end up on his desk if the legislature passes it. We should know how he feels about it. That's going to be another interesting dynamic. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Uh, let's see. Janet emails, Trump is never, is and never will be my president. Well, Janet, if you live in the United States and America of, of America, in a couple of days, he is going to be your president, whether you like it or not. Listen, I, I didn't like that Barack Obama and Janet's obviously responding to my comments about Democrats not wanting to attend uh, Trump's inauguration. Listen, I didn't like that Barack Obama won the election in 2008. I think he I thought then that he would be a terrible president. I think now that he's been a very poor president. I think he's been a poor leader for this country. I think he's been divisive. I understand that he is a progressive liberal and myself as a libertarian-minded conservative probably aren't going to see eye to eye on most issues, and I expect that. But I think think he's been a bad president in more ways than that. I think his underhanded politics, his divisiveness, it's it's been really poor. I think he's really done a, a poor job. This is not... A united country and in a lot of ways I, I think we have Obama to blame for Trump I, I I think President Obama contributed to the attitude in America that made Americans want to do something crazy like vote for Trump listen I don't like Trump either but he is my president Barack Obama was my president George W Bush was my president Bill Clinton was my president George HW Bush was my president Ronald Reagan was my president Jimmy Carter I'm not sure Jimmy Carter was never I was never alive when Jimmy Carter was in office but listen they were all my presidents this is what democracy is about and the more some of you out there keep playing this game He's not my president or whatever. You're just hurting us all. Knock it off. 701-293-9000, More to come straight ahead. Don't go away.
Twitter follower, uh, earlier in the show, I was talking about President Obama at the last minute now saying that uh, they filed they filed their intent to, file to, to put on the Federal Register an intent to create a, an environmental impact statement for the Dakota Access Pipeline. It's a last minute thing. It, it's a political delay tactic is what it is. Uh, Twitter follower says, eight years in office and waits for the last week to make these big decisions. What is the point just to screw you to the American public? Uh, another listener says, why wait for the last minute, months of silence, and now this with three days left? Seems like it's more about Trump than North Dakota. Yeah, I, it's it's about politics. It's about setting landmines for Trump. And, and it is about the pipeline. I think it's about, you know, President Obama just flat out hates oil pipelines. I don't, I don't know what else to put it about that. And, and he's willing to pervert, again, like I said earlier, pervert a, a regulatory process that's intended to facilitate the construction of safe energy infrastructure and instead use it to obstruct that infrastructure. I mean, it's a, it's a complete perversion of what the intent of those regulations were, were, were to be. Uh, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Emailer uh, talking about... Uh, Legislation uh, introduced for the fourth straight legislative session to uh, make it illegal to discriminate based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Emailer says, I think the bill fails because of the transgender part of it. Most people can accept homosexual, but transgender is still a question of mental illness versus legitimate thing. Uh, I really think the homosexual community screwed up by adding the T and Q to their name. Uh, I, I guess that's the LGBT. Uh, Q, whatever that that long acronym, I can never get that right beyond the first few letters. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't know that being transgendered means you're mentally ill. I listen, I know very little about what it's like to be transgendered. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what that feels like to to feel like you're a woman, even though maybe biologically you're a man. I don't know what goes into that. I don't know. I don't understand. Um, I do know this, though. If if we have people who feel comfortable identifying a certain way, I don't know why we should have a problem with it, right? I mean, everything else being equal, I don't know why that's such a big deal. Um, honestly, in, in a lot of instances, I'm not even sure why the bathroom thing is a big deal. I mean, why are we assuming because somebody's transgender, they're automatically going to just assault somebody else you know i don't know i don't i don't think the transgender thing is a bit of it i i I do think that there is a philosophical argument though to be made i i think if the democrats were willing to compromise on that anti-discrimination bill i think they could get it passed i'm pretty sure they're probably not going to want to compromise i i in fact i think at this point where they are politically right now i think democrats almost want that bill to fail so that they have a talking point i i think that's that's all that's been for them is 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 to paint, you know, the Republican majority in this state is looking foolish and out of touch and hateful and bigoted. Um, and this is their instrument to, to do that. I think if they actually wanted to work at it, they could find some compromise with Republicans and move that ball down the field a little bit. I'm just not sure how interested they are, really are in that, frankly. Uh, let's see. Andrew emails all of the idiots saying not my president should prove their word is meaningless to take a one way trip. Might be harder after the wall is built. I'm still waiting for news coverage of the long lines at Canada's immigration offices. Yeah, it's a it's a childish thing people do this. I'm going to move to Canada. I'm going to leave the country. 
This is not my president. We, we need to get back to some fundamental appreciation for the system of government we have. And it is a system of government that requires compromise. It is a system of government that by its very design is going to leave you frustrated because it's not something that is going to give you everything you want. Because it is a representative republic, a representative democracy. By its nature, you have to compromise. And compromise means you don't get everything you want. I think President Obama came into office thinking that he was going to lead this popular movement in and they were just going to get everything that they want and they were stopped because not everybody agrees with them. Even people who voted for President Obama doesn't believe in everything in the Obama agenda. And I I mean, this is an argument I make very often that process matters, right? Because above everything else, you don't have to like a given leader. You don't have to like their agenda. You don't have to think that they're they're the right people to be in office, but you do have to respect the process. And I I think one of the most damaging things that we have started to do in modern politics is to undermine the process, whether it's the regulatory process with President Obama dropping these last minute on his way out of office regulatory mandates on a pipeline that he hates, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the, the years he held up the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, whether it's the filibuster where we're going to set the filibuster aside. You know, we're we're doing all these things so that people can impose their will, could just come in and instead of having to build compromise, having to work with one another, we could just impose our will on the other group of people. That is creating resentment in this country. We're doing too much at the federal government. The government is the federal government is regulating far more than it should. More should be left to the states. The federal government should do less. And the federal government, it should be harder to pass regulations. It should be harder to pass laws. The only laws that should pass on the federal level are laws that have at least some buy-in from both sides of the aisle. What was the one critical thing? The one I mean, there's a lot of bad things that President Obama did that led to his party being marginalized across the country. But probably the central tentpole in that circus of disaster was Obamacare, which was rammed through Congress without a single Republican vote. And it came shortly after the stimulus bill. You remember that? Shortly after the stimulus bill, which was also rammed through Congress without a single Republican vote. Americans are more divided now than ever. And I, but I think what, what Americans really want is for Congress to stop acting when they don't have a broad bipartisan mandate to act. They're going to have to figure out how to get along. And I don't know. I don't know that Trump's the solution for that. I don't know. Anyway, hey, Jay Thomas coming up next. Maybe he's got the answer. Stay tuned for that. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.